Welcome to Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit, the podcast that dissects Who Framed Roger Rabbit one minute at a time, with special guest, Kira McCarthy. Hey world, we are Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit coming at you again. I am Chris Blair. I'm here with Annie McMullen. Hello. And we are here again by everyone's favorite improv extraordinaire, Kira McCarthy. Whoa, yay. I'm my favorite. (laughs) Thanks for joining us again, Kira. Yes, of course. Glad I could make it again. What's your experience overall seeing these minutes again after not seeing them for so long? Uh, Well, you know, I do kind of want to see the whole thing now, especially since these the way these minutes end it's like it's just about to get you know right. now I want to see what's happening yeah things are amping up he's walking into the nightclub yeah so far in these three minutes one official cartoon you could just barely start to see I mean and I already know what the deal is with the what's going on there in the club so I do know who's on stage and such but officially we've only seen the password guy that's our first cartoon. Although we did get lots of name drops. I mean, you did get to hear about Screwy Squirrel and Dinky Doodle. Sure, sure. All those. But as far as actually seeing one, mm-hmm. one, there's only one. Yeah. And, you know, I thought I was a little harsh on Screwy Squirrel last minute. You know, go, go enjoy some Screwy Squirrel cartoons. They're, they're, you'll, you'll have a good time. Yeah. I, I think it's funny that uh, the three minutes that Kira has joined us for... Um, the most exciting thing we've seen is an actual hard-boiled egg. And, uh, <laughs> and, and somehow that has piqued her appetite to want to watch the rest of the movie. Like, and it piqued my appetite. <laughs> Just to eat eggs. I'm kind of feeling like a hard-boiled egg right now. I'm not going to lie. This has made me a little bit hungry. You're kind of looking like a hard-boiled egg, too. <laughs> you know? This might well, be my favorite egg format. Deviled eggs are, I love deviled eggs. Oh, they're I love so good. Eggs. That's Although, the most acceptable hard-boiled egg use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fact that they're eating these at a bar, though, immediately made me think about one Easter where I went to an Easter party and ended up drinking only um, Miller High Life and eating deviled eggs, <laughs> like, exclusively, and I had the worst farts you have ever that's what i i call them fart marbles (laughs) (laughs) my sister loves them and i'm like (laughs) we are here with minute 15 of the movie which begins with eddie descending stairs and ends with him entering the ink and paint club so when eddie is going down these stairs and dolores is continuing to talk about what happened to his brother, he seems very much an earshot of what she's saying. I don't know. I think he's a little further away than that. I also think, I mean, he's leaving the room. He did kind of just cause it, you know, when something real crazy happens and you walk away from it, you're like. Yeah, he's, he's you, in another space. If you remember when he walks into the bar too, the bar is actually quite big. Like, so those stairs are pretty far away. He walks up the stairs. He walks through a room where there's all this pool table action going on. And then into the, like, so it, it's pretty big. I think he's pretty far away, too. 
it still feels like a little bit that they're talking about him and maybe the most personal incident of his life right when he's practically in the same room as them. Yeah, totally. Uh, so we find out a little bit more information about how the tune killed his brother by dropping a piano on his head, which I wonder, would a tune necessarily know that this is going to kill a human? Because we've learned that tunes have stuff like that dropped on their head all the time. Yeah, it, well, I think, yes, a tune does know that would kill a human. And I think, it was that is that supposed to be funny? Like, is that supposed to be a little, like, tongue-in-cheek? Like, that's how a tune would kill a person? I think a little bit. I think, like, that's a very tune logic. Yeah. Uh, one thing we keep encountering is just different tune logic that runs through how they act. And it seems like if a tune does kill someone, it will be a way like that in a very it's cartoon like, way. It's like slapsticky. Yeah, like a wily e. coyote sort of way of killing someone. It is also very like on the nose, right? Which does speak to the, the framing element of this movie. Yeah. Like if you want someone to think it's a tune, you're going to drop a piano on someone's head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's- and we know they have guns. Like, yeah. you know, we talked about the possum. He's got the gun. An anvil. And, you know, Yosemite Sam comes up on this show all the time, and he's definitely, he definitely has yeah, two yeah. weapons. Yeah, he's packing. That's, and that's assuming that a cartoon bullet would kill a human person, too, which I'm not completely sure. Would a cartoon piano kill a person, or would only a real piano kill a person? Mm-hmm. I know we'll have to look for evidence as we move further into the movie of how yeah. tune objects affect. Well, we know they interact. I mean, we know... We've talked a lot about this, right? Like Roger tugging on Eddie's jacket. Like, you know, they they do exert physical force upon each other. Yeah. Hmm. Does that mean a tune could just like jam a hand through a person? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it would probably be so easy for a tune just to mess a person up. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so it's a good thing that it was Eddie that was upset at Angelo and not a cartoon character. Yeah, okay. This, this hard-boiled egg would be out the other side of Angelo's head. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have Eddie show up in this dark, kind of seedy alley, knocks on a door. I have, um, I have, I have a couple of notes about this oh, alley. Yes. Uh, one, there's a tumbleweed in the alley. Yes. Yes, there is. So I have a weird thing. As a child, I really wanted a tumbleweed, um, which I I don't understand why. Like, I think I just, you see them and stuff and they look really round. And that to me was like, oh, cool. They're like a perfectly spherical, I don't know, wicker item or something. I thought it would just be so cool to have a tumbleweed. So, uh, one time I made my parents stop when we saw one on the road and, and get it. And um, they're not cool. They, <laughs> when, when they're not rolling, they're actually not that round. They're, they're <laughs> shaped like a normal bush. <laughs> um, and they're very spiky and not, it was not a fun toy. Did you know there is a business that, that sells tumbleweeds? Old Annie <laughs> that that didn't exist. I know, right? If only we had the internet then. I was driving on I-5 and a tumbleweed rolled or bounced in front of my car and I no, did not, not have enough time to avoid it. I hit it, pieces of it sprayed everywhere. And then when I stopped my car, 
and a significant portion of the tumbleweed was still stuck in the front of my car. They, uh, I never they got that lucky. Yeah, you should look for the tumbleweed crossing signs. Be on your Be more careful. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other, the other thing that is in this is a is a dog. And, you know, mm-hmm. you can't see the dog in a lot of detail, but you see the silhouette of the dog. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know what kind of dog this is, but in the now times, there is no stray dog that looks like this. This looks like a designer breed dog. It looks like some kind of oodle mix <laughs> or, or like a, a Beethoven-y, you know. But in movies, especially in the 80s, every mangy stray dog looked like this it looks like the dog from annie annie it looks like yeah you know it's like the fluffy like i'm pretty sure it's like a wheaton terrier which is like a very expensive dog uh (laughs) like shedless dog but uh, i don't know why this is what every stray dog in every 80s movie looks like because i'm pretty sure it's purebred they look the most naturally sad (laughs) what was that dog's name in annie that had a Toby or no they sing a song about him yeah yeah when they give him a bath and yeah Mrs. Ann again (laughs) (laughs) obviously as as someone named Annie I saw that movie a lot of times that's why I was like I mean I had the soundtrack to the Broadway musical and would listen to it all the time although it and here we go here I go dating myself again I this was a record so I would skip songs, you know, you could do that on a record. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I skipped the dog song again. Dog I want to say Toby, but that... Can't... Sandy. I just looked Sandy. it up. The dog's name is Sandy. There it is. Who names your dog Sandy? <laughs> we have Eddie knock on the door. We see a pair of eyes. He has to give a password. This, this feels very speakeasy to me, mm-hmm. um, but in an era where it's past speakeasy times. Yeah uh true but is it because it's a cartoon club yeah that's that's what it's got to be is it's kind of maybe just more of a secret cartoon club uh we found out earlier in minutes that cartoon characters are not allowed inside this club that it's humans only even though cartoon characters are the entertainers oh we did find that out yeah maroon mentions that in a um oh in so that's why it's, that's why it's speakeasy mm-hmm yeah. yeah um interesting yeah well i think that's like an interesting social commentary right it's mm-hmm. this class of people who are allowed to work there and service mm-hmm. the other people but they're not allowed to uh be patrons yeah, yeah. It's very sort of minstrelly you know mm-hmm. you know even even the bouncer here is a, a cartoon character who Eddie is kind of mean to, but Eddie's mean to everyone, so it's a little hard to tell. Um, this, this character is Bongo the Gorilla, who is an original character for the movie, and he was voiced by Morgan Deer, who was usually not a cartoon voice actor. He was in Mission Impossible and United 93. Bongo has a little bit bigger of a role in the screenplay. Yeah, well, and he makes the, the monkey suit comments yeah uh and it's funny because here the guy is where the the gorilla is wearing he's even wearing the goofy where it's that shirt piece and none of it fits him and it's like okay they couldn't even find which is funny because i don't know how cartoon clothes are made but you couldn't just <laughs> just draw a cartoon draw clothes up for them 
right? Yeah, it's not a, it's not a, it's not an unfortunate circumstance that they don't have something that fit you. It's a choice. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they made the choice. They're like, we're gonna make this guy look even bigger. I think it's weird too that he's supposed to be the bouncer and he essentially like is hiding behind the door. Like as the door opens, he's behind the door. If he was supposed to be doing anything like security wise, you know, a bunch of people could have come in behind Eddie or something while this gorilla is hiding behind the door. I guess maybe you could push it closed easier that way. I'm, I'm not sure. I thought that was a weird. And, and it does all serve to make him look even bigger. Yeah. He's very big. Add to that intimidation factor. Sure, sure. He nailed the bouncer personality. I do wonder if he was drawn specifically to be a bouncer. Yeah, it will. <laughs> I'll take it. Before he comes in, Eddie has to give the password, which is Walt sent me, which I pretty sure it's got to be a reference to Walt Disney. It just makes me, you know, Disney's been mentioned once before that like Dumbo was on loan from Disney, but it, it is interesting to me that Walt Disney still exists in this world where the cartoon characters actually exist. And it makes me wonder, what did Walt do exactly in this world? Hmm. Yeah, is he like some kind of weird god? <laughs> yeah, definitely probably a creator of it. And I think we theorized in an earlier episode that cartoon characters are perhaps made from the animator and the uh, voice artist come together and they make a tune. In When, when an animator and a voice actor <laughs> fall in love, <laughs> love they do other. a special hug. Although... Mickey Mouse, both drawn and voiced by by Walt Disney. So mm -hmm. this, this was an asexual creation. That's yeah, okay. All right. Interesting. When he gets the nice monkey suit, Bongo does not take it very well, calls him a wise ass and clinches his fist and shakes it a little at him. A little um, sketchy. Little sketchy, yeah. Bongo's it is. voice is, is, it comes from the, the, depths of his body mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's it's i would not mess around with bongo <laughs> you can't bongo's not wearing pants too right <laughs> he is not. not even a full suit it's not even <laughs> a full shirt but you know so no it's a uh, yeah it looks like it looks like bongo killed a man wearing a tuxedo <laughs> and took trophies yeah there you go Whatever animator and voice artist they got together to make Bongo, they were like, let's do terrifying as possible. <laughs> that was a, it was a, um, a brutal and kinky hug. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably the name of this episode. Um, <laughs> so we have Eddie then uh, walk over and enter the Ink and Paint cl Club. I love this transition of this silent kind of seedy in the shout shadows with Bongo front room to like this really elegant, full piano playing, lively theater, would you call it? Um, main room. Yeah. It's like it, a dinner theater yeah. uh, spot. And is it down? Does he go downstairs or is it kind of a hall? It's sort of hard to tell. He it feels like a slanty hall. Yeah. But then when he enters in the room, he's still above it. So I think he has to go downstairs oh, okay. still. Because my main like what from this is like, okay, it's a speakeasy. It's supposed to be hidden, right? But he does not descend far enough for there to be 30 foot ceilings in this. Yeah, room. yeah. Yeah. 
exactly so like this is not a hidden space like the space like if you're outside looking at this you're like what is that you know (laughs) or like you're inside the building that it's supposed to be hidden in you're like feels like there should be a lot more of this building where is it you know it looks like a really cool place i wish we had the technology to make this exist in real life so i can't wait for that day yeah someday I mean, if figure out can be a hologram. We'll <laughs> <laughs> start doing voice acting and animators and meeting animators. Like, Do we have anything else for this minute? I don't think so. I'm so excited about the next minute that I don't get to watch. <laughs> well, you get a taste of this. So we get to see when Eddie enters, we see far away on the stage, we see that there's dueling pianos with two cartoon characters. Who can that be? I know who they <laughs> No spoilers. I know. And also though, like the backdrop for on stage is um it's a the skyline of New York, which I think is interesting. Mm. Where yeah. all the cool jazz is happening, probably. <laughs> well, it's just like it's like uh, hey, this is a classy joint. What's classy? New York. New York City. <laughs> You can also tell that um, the servers are uh, tunes. You get a small glimpse. Who's your MVP for this minute, Annie? Uh, my MVP, I think it's got to be uh, Bongo's tuxedo. Mm, yeah. You know, well, tuxedo parts. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Bongo's tuxedo parts. Collar, shirt front. Yeah. Bow tie. Yeah. Yeah. His bow tie. The cuffs are also like mid bicep. Yeah. They're not, you know, uh, doesn't have a skinny part of his yeah. arms. <laughs> really know. I think it's a, I think it's like, you know, uh, like in fantasy, like uh, monarchy films and stuff, they'll like put people's heads on spikes outside to like warn them, like, don't cross me. I'll put your head on a spike. Like Bongo's like, don't cross me. I'll steal your tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> you and steal your tuxedo. We have one last segment for today, and that is something we call Friday with Nish. It's Friday with Nish. Ooh, what a dish. Tell your mother, tell your shrink. Tell us, Nish, what do you think? Yeah. This is where we call our friend Nish, and we see what he thinks about these three minutes of the movie. Nish, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you uh, watched minutes 13 through 15 this week. What are your thoughts? Not this week, just like last five minutes. Okay, (laughs) within the past (laughs) five minutes. It still counts. You watched it, Um, yeah. So I think there was again a lot more revelation in the um, in the next three minutes. Um, yeah, it's well we know why he hits uh, all the tunes. Yeah, because like I mean that justification does not fly really well. One tune, one tune, allegedly killed my brother. <laughs> allegedly? Oh, well, you're, you went straight to allegedly. Yeah, you have some doubt. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think for a good resolution because we are showing him as a, a a reasonably good character, all things considered, he needs and tunes as probably good people. 
we need to have like, oh, this was all a misunderstanding and mm-hmm. piano was accident. It was an accident caused by somebody else other than a tune. Uh, and so you're jumping that- straight to uh, the conclusion that there is no human tune inclusive justice system. There was no conviction. There was not a tune doing tune time uh, <laughs> for this crime. You think this is all just uh, conjecture and assumption on Eddie's part? Well, yeah, that's what I think because his justification, I'm going to hate all tunes because one tool killed my brother <laughs> is not very good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we need to redeem him of that justification also. I want to go on record that I, I, it's not that I have like an overwhelming amount of faith in the American justice system. I just yeah. uh, want to clarify your stance on it. <laughs> yeah. So there is a, so that's what I thought there is, a, but new information definitely came out there. Um, yeah. Also, he's quite short on money right now. And so. What did you think about the relationship between him and Dolores, the uh, bartender? I think there was, uh, I think she still cares about him because, you know, uh, gave him the camera, made that comment about a past trip. Yeah, yeah. Classic, classic move. Uh, <laughs> he acted kind of like a little bit of a dick about it, which is, <laughs> like, oh, come on, bro. <laughs> Straightly, yeah. Um, but he's been maybe under stress because of all the tune work he needs to do. You know, he needs to go into tune land, which is like, he's not excited about that. But mm-hmm. uh, but he's short on money. So that's a good justification for him to take on any job he gets. Yeah, we, we see him enter a club at the very end that he's going on to uh, continue his case there, spying on Roger's wife. Any thoughts on him entering this club? Yeah, it looked very um, secret society club. Like mm-hmm. You had to offer a password and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it almost seems like something very secretive is going on. So he, may, he I mean, he's definitely in the next three minutes, he's going to find something because that's the pattern of this, this movie is every three minutes, something is revealed. <laughs> <laughs> so that thing, uh, there is something happening. Um, I don't know what, uh, well, yeah, I mean, there is potential for a, for a lover for his wife, which was already, you know, we explored that. And so I think that could be happening. The lover could also be working for that big corporation that took over the red car. Well, so you think the villain of the story is ruining LA and also Eddie personally? I mean, it would be just easier from a screenplay point of view at this point to (laughs) file all the villainry on. (laughs) <laughs> and he also was the one who caused the alleged death of the <laughs> too many times. This guy, this villain, <laughs> this villain really gets around. <laughs> uh, something, yeah, something is like. I think that's what I think the what's going to happen in the later half of the movie is. Um, that everything we thought was kind of some news. It was something else. So Toon didn't kill the brother. Um, Toons are good. The company that took over Red Car is bad. 
And so that's uh, that's going to come out. And that's my I'm willing to bet on it but not a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> like what? What's the most you'd put up in uh um, in let's go with 1947 money. How much would you put up? On the reconciliation of uh, the um, our detective and uh in the tunes. Mhm. Our resident economist Kira has figured out that uh Okay. 1947 money to 2020 money is about 12 times. That's it. I thought it would be much more. Oh, I guess I'll I mean, put that's still a lot. Yeah. Yeah, 50 bucks is 623. I'd put in like I'm putting up maybe like a couple of dollars in. I'll go in with a dollar. Yeah. $12 for that time. $12 probably went. Yeah. For dollar in. Um oh, what could be it could also be like the crazy thing could be that she's seen with a non-tune Mm. See what I did there? I don't yeah. know tunes. <laughs> what what else would you call humans in this world? I guess you could just call I mean, them humans, but what if they're a tune who's in a human shape, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like baby Herman. Like baby Herman, yeah. Any other questions for Nish about these specific minutes? How do you feel about hard-boiled eggs? <laughs> <laughs> How do I feel about hard boiled eggs? Yeah, like as a snack at a bar. Oh, I thought ever- what he was doing was he was going to crack open and throw it into the beer and I think I missed that part where I did not realize the egg was hard boiled. Huh. Yeah, it was hard boiled that we we figured he took off of the bar. He got from the bar somewhere. So there are hard boiled eggs available to the patrons of this bar. Because when you're drinking, the thing you just, want most to have a light snack of is a hard-boiled egg. But you've seen a thing with hard-boiled eggs. Sometimes it gets too dry in the throat as you're eating it, mm, so you need so something like, to wash it down with. And you know, this is, the, this is the, their version of crackers or pretzels or something. Pretzels, and it's good protein. Who doesn't want a, a room temperature hard-boiled <laughs> egg? <laughs> So isn't that a, still a thing like in uh I've seen it in stores and stuff where you know they sell like uh, cold hard boiled eggs. Yeah, like at 7-11 like a peeled yeah. cold hard boiled egg. Well, yeah, because of the protein and stuff it's now like a hot like a good snack. Yeah. Eggs are coming back. Yeah. Good for eggs. I like to think this movie was a little bit responsible for bringing eggs back into the zeitgeist. <laughs> I wonder if it was a paid placement <laughs> by Big Egg. By Big Egg. Big Egg. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Nish, who do you think framed Roger Rabbit? I think it's um it's a non-tune and um somewhat related to the big corporation that we're dealing with in the LA area and yeah. maybe there is some overlap there. Um what do you think Roger Rabbit gets framed for? So in past we've talked about copper right like financial some kind of a financial <laughs> right I think it's or a murder I think it's it's could be a killing mm-hmm. because now we know that tunes allegedly kill people mm-hmm. and <laughs> could this be another tune that been framed in the same way that you know the the other tune that killed the allegedly killed the uh, <laughs> Oh, I'm very careful with language here. I, <laughs> I think I think I think it's it's I think it's a kind of like a yeah. 
a crime against a a, a human uh, basically a death mm. homicide is what we are looking at uh, as the crime that's where i think i'm going to say that it's it's homicide and it's motivated by financial profit for big corporation mm. in in the general la area all right some uh, a big guesses there with a cool. dollar writing on it <laughs> you have $15.97 uh, so I guess listeners, any listeners want to take that bet, I guess, contact us and uh, let us know. But you've probably seen the movie before, so um, you are cheating. Yeah. <laughs> you can't use the internet. Any other thoughts, Mish, about, about these minutes? No, I think, um, well, I thought like the, the, the fight scene in the bar was a little bit much for me if this is intended to be a children's. <laughs> it, it's still very questionable so this is what happened the chin hitting the bar yeah that immediately took me to american history x Whoa. <laughs> and yeah. i'm like you know the scene i'm talking about there oh, and yeah like, and i the the shock of that scene came back and i couldn't shake it off within the you know i you know, I did it for the for the for your podcast. Shook it off. <laughs> also, in American History X, is someone being prejudiced because of one murder of somebody in his family? Oh, ooh, yeah. wow! Yeah. we didn't know, but it's a spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> Not Baby's Day Out. This has always been American. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually it's a sequel. Yeah. So, it's a sequel. Yeah. Oh. Any any last questions for uh, for Nish before we go? How are you liking it so far? I'm liking it. I'm also enjoying it seeing three minutes at a time. So yeah. I think it's... I might be one of the people who've done that. Uh, I'm going to guess the only person who's watched this movie specifically in three-minute increments. Uh, maybe this is the way to watch it. Thank you, Nish, for joining us. Can't wait to hear what you feel about the next three minutes of this movie. So I'm looking forward to the next uh, three minutes. Uh, that is the end of uh, minute 15. Thank you so much, Kira, for joining us for these minutes. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? No. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> stay negative. <laughs> I think we should plug your show for you. Oh, sure, yeah. Come see your up relationship Friday in the future. Yes. If you're in the Bay Area, uh, definitely come see it. It's in San Francisco every Friday night. And if you're not, you should come visit San Francisco to see the show. Uh, Kira will be your favorite. If you are listening to this at a time when people are allowed to gather in groups, uh, then by all means, please go to the show. It's excellent. I'll vouch for it. Me too. Uh, me three. <laughs> as a team would say. All right, so this has been Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to thank Dueling Genre and Scott Corelli for hosting us. You can check out many of their podcasts on duelinggenre.com or go to duelinggenre slash support. And we will see you on Monday for minute 16 of Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit. Bye.